0: Good afternoon. In my first video about literacy in the 21st century and in classrooms of the 21st century, I explained how the definition of literacy changed from the 19th century, the late 18th century, to the 21st century to review in the late 19th century and the earliest early 20th century, literacy referred to the ability to be able to read and write, especially. The goal of schooling in those days was to make sure that first and foremost, students could read and write. It was assumed in those long ago days that being able to read and write would lead to being better citizens. It was all about in the late 19th and early, early 20th century, it was all about taking the young people in places like Canada and the United States, and making sure they understood enough about the world around them that they could be participating citizens and get a job and provide for their families and make a contribution to society in that way. By the 21st century, the understanding of literacy became far more all-encompassing. In the 21st century, we have come to realize that it isn't enough to be able to read and write. It isn't enough to be able to just read vocabulary at a grade four or five level and consider that that's enough for a productive population. We now know, based on everything that's going on around us, that literacy has to mean being able to read and comprehend and apply what is being read. Further down the road, in another lecture, I'll talk about how we acquire um, concepts and how this fits into the conceptualization of different things. But for now, literacy today in the advanced world and increasingly in the less advanced world means being able to read and write and comprehend and apply so that the learners of the 21st century become more able, better able, sorry, to to apply their learning and make make sense of a very complex world in the second of my lessons i explained how that plays out in society and in the classroom and what literacy in the 21st century or how rather literacy in the 21st century leads to individualization i ended last le- last lesson on the idea that increasingly education had to be individualized now in the face of the pandemic it's becoming increasingly aware that instead of having a group of students who are treated like one in a classroom, in rows, being lectured to or taught to by the teacher, the teacher has to become the guide on the side and help escort his or her students down a learning path so that they can to use a word I've already used this afternoon, conceptualize and increase their understanding of the world. Literacy today has to mean becoming increasingly aware of how everything works together, because it is a very complex world, and we want children to be able to not only deal with it, but find their place in it and make a contribution. Today, what I want to talk about and what I want to focus on is what those classrooms look like. What is a classroom today compared to what a classroom was like over a 100 years ago? Even when I first went to school 60 years ago or so, no, more than 60 years ago, almost 70 years ago, students sat in desks. The average classroom had anywhere from 25 to 30 or more students, all of the same age, all born within a few months of each other, generally speaking, and living in the same neighborhood. And every student had their place in rows, and the teacher sat at the front And all the way around the classroom were blackboards. And underneath the blackboards and around the classroom were shelving units where textbooks were kept. Every school had its own library. Every school had its own gymnasium or play area and so forth. Today it's very different. Even if you're a parent, In too many places still, classrooms today look no different than they did a 100 years ago. But this is what we are confronted with, what we are confronted with, and what you will find in an increasing number of classrooms today. First of all, they're designed differently. They're no longer square boxes down the hall. They can be in pods, they can be without walls, they can be focusing in on a library in the middle. They don't have to be a desk at the front and rows of desks. Increasingly, classrooms are made of pods inside the classroom, pods of tables where students sit and work and collaborate. And further down the row, the line in these lessons, I'll talk about why that's important. But for now, let's just talk about what the reality is. So first of all, there's a variability of design. Secondly, you'd be hard-pressed to find a classroom today and schools today that don't have all kinds of technology. And I'm not referring to movie projectors or or tape recorders. I'm referring to information and technology, information and technology, com, um, computers, and the things that go with them: tablets and laptops and wireless hubs and cameras and all the other paraphernalia that is available out there to enrich the learning experience. When I was in school, there were never any parents in the school. There was a PTA, a parent-teacher association, that met usually in the evening, and they talked about fundraising, and they talked about the various circumstances in the schools and how to buy resources, but they did not work in classrooms with students. That there was one teacher and all those students, but today increasingly you will find in any one classroom a classroom teacher, sometimes an aide or two, who are hired to work with students who have special needs or are learning disabled in one way or another, and oftentimes parent volunteers in the halls, doing things for the school, helping the office, helping the teachers, and carrying on the business of education. In the classroom today, teachers are empowered. Teachers are able to do things that they never could before. They have more authority inside the classroom to deal with how they're going to teach. There isn't a standardized curriculum like there used to be. Teachers can plan their lessons. They're told what the lessons should include. They're taught, rather, what the lessons should include. They're... um, given guides to help them decide when you should teach fractions, and when you should teach decimals, and when you should teach uh, photosynthesis, and when you should teach adaptations in the animal world. But how they go about it, the teachers are left to their own devices. And there are all kinds of resources that they have access to to help them deliver the curriculum. Finally, the curriculum is very much problem-based. Many, many teachers today enable their students to try to solve problems to apply what they've been learning in their reading. They're problem-based. Students are given a problem to attack and try to solve. So. Classrooms differ in a huge number of ways. It's not necessarily apparent to an outsider, but all of those elements are there to a greater or lesser extent, and they make a huge difference on what happens in the classroom and what happens in the school. In my next lesson i'm going to focus on the students not the physical uh, environment but the students themselves and their what they bring to the classroom and to the teaching and learning situation